Chapter 1. North Coast of Crete and Eastern Peloponnese, 228 BCE. The Rhodian grain ship Arctos had endured a bad night, the last and worst of a three-day blow. She wallowed in the swell, her oars taken in, her broken mainmast still wrapped in her fallen cordage over the side, her crew struggling to cut it free in such a way that it could be saved. A relentless wind from the north drove her towards the coast of Crete, just a few stades away under a bright grey spring sky. She only had a crew of eight and another thirty or so rowers, most of them slaves. None of them were citizens except the captain who had given up bellowing orders from the foredeck and was now in the water, using a knife to cut the tangled shrouds one by one, while his most trusted mate watched the water below him for sharks. The ship's passengers lined the starboard side rail, watching the repairs with varying degrees of interest. The Spartan aristocrat, his red cloak flapping in the freshening wind, sneered. A touch of the whip would make them move, he said. By the gods, what a useless lot. There were two women from Kos, prosperous enough to have a slave to attend them. They were heavily veiled, their linen and wool forced against their bodies by the wind. You are an expert sailor, perhaps? asked the older woman. The Spartiate ignored her. An Athenian merchant frowned. If I was younger, he said to no one in particular, I'd get in the water and help. The Spartiate glanced at him with contempt. There was one more passenger. He'd kept very much to himself since Rhodes, and now he stood amidships, looking out into the flat glare of the clouded Mediterranean day under his hand. He was looking south over the port-side rail at the north coast of Crete. "'Is that Canossus?' asked the younger woman. She was at an age to find lonely young men attractive. "'I think so,' the young man said, his voice dull, as if only courtesy forced him to reply. Then he frowned. "'I think—' He stepped up on the rail, balancing like an acrobat. He glanced back at his fellow passengers, uncertainty written on his features. Then he grabbed a shroud, looked again, jumped back down, and crossed the empty benches and the central catwalk to lean over the side where the navark was sawing away at what he hoped was the last of the movable stay that, in better times, had raised and lowered the mast. Navark! the Rhodian called. His voice was suddenly sharp and military. Soon, citizen, the captain called, his voice full of the oil he needed to keep his fractious passengers at arm's length. There are three boats coming off the shore, the Rhodian called, and we're going to touch on the beach if we keep drifting at this rate. 